It is not by coincidence that we are now just before Shavuot. And as you have uh, learned, on Shavuot, we have the opportunity to achieve a connection with a state of consciousness of revelation, which meant which meant that death was eternally going to be vaporized and death no longer would exist as something that was familiar with the humankind and for the whole world. In other words, there would be eternal life. That's what happened on Mount Sinai. When we say revelation, when we say revelation, some interpret revelation meaning that was the day the Jews received the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were revealed. And according to the Zohar, the importance was not the fact that the Ten Commandments was revealed, but that the Ten Commandments were only a channel for something more important that took place on Shavuot. What was that aspect that took place on Shavuot? That death would come to an end. Death as we know it would come to an end. What was the channel by which the Creator could accomplish that fact for humankind, that death no longer would exist? By creating a channel, by His light, His or, His energy, His beneficence, becoming manifested in this world because as of now we know that the uh, light or the beneficence of the creator is in simtsum it is restricted because if the creator's light was manifested in its entirety then there should be no death no illness no misfortune no poverty all of the ills that surround mankind shouldn't exist if God, because God is good, and if he is good, then there should be only beneficence. So we learned in the, uh, in the Ari that Hashem, also because of the aspect of free will, we should have an opportunity to choose between good and evil. He had to restrict the flow of his beneficence, the flow of his light, and therefore because he restricted the flow of his light, there was room for darkness. Darkness meaning, darkness meaning, death, ill health, poverty, and all of the other ills that befall mankind. So revelation on Mount Sinai, and the significance of revelation on Mount Sinai was not the Ten Commandments, was not the Ten Commandments, but the significance was the revelation of the light, was the revelation of the light of God. That means it was only good, his entirety of goodness became manifest in the world. How did it become manifest? Through a channel called the Ten Commandments, which we also know in Kabbalah, why were there ten, not seven, not ten, uh, eleven, not fourteen? Because the ten represented the ten spirot. This is the way the beneficence of God comes through. In other words, if there is evil in the world, some would like to say, God, where were you? And we say, we demanded from God that he 
keep his distance from us to provide us with a choice of good or evil. If his beneficence shined all the time, there would be no choice. There would be no choice. Everyone would be fulfilled. So why would anyone want to steal if he has money in the first place? This happened on Mount Sinai. And so on Mount Sinai, there was total revelation. And then we know came a golden calf. How could a golden calf come about when already the entire revelation took place? Where was there now room for a golden calf to come about? A very significant question of which I unfortunately did not find an answer that is directed towards that question. But if the way the Zohar describes the importance of uh, Matan Torah, and this is why people, there are still some people who are up throughout the night, on the night of Shavuot. Unfortunately, we'd say about 90% of even those Jews who do adhere to the, uh, uh, the holiday of Shavuot don't stay up all night. It is only a very small handful of people throughout the world that somehow have found a significance in staying up all night. However, to achieve that level of consciousness, that level of, of uh, God, that light of God, one must be up all night. If he is not up all night, then he has not achieved that aspect of which the Zohar tells us that you have bought life insurance, at least until Rosh Hashanah. You have bought life insurance, but not the life insurance that pays off when one dies, but you have bought life insurance. You are insured that if you stay up the entire night of Shavuot, you will not die, and no no, uh, misfortune of any kind will befall that individual. What is it about staying up on Manus Floor to guarantee that gives the power for that? All right. A good question. I I, I didn't want to address myself to that question, but while it's here, what does it have to do with being up all night? What does it mean when the Yari says that whenever someone is up all night studying uh, Torah, he removes a karet. A karet is uh, is uh, some consider to be the punishment of some very severe uh, sins or transgressions. So as not to uh, bring that kind of wrath, that kind of punishment, if one is up any time during the year, the entire night studying Torah, then he removes one of those punishments that ultimately must befall, whether it's at age 30 or 40 or usually at age uh, 59. If you will, and I did that for a while, if you will notice in your, if you ever think it, it's important to you to observe the obituaries in the New York Times, I say the New York Times because that's where most obituaries are placed, you will notice that most people most ages of people who are dying is at age 59. 
the aspect of karet usually is at age 59. It brings debt at, at, at age 59. I, I'll get off the subject, right? I, I, that's why I don't like to address myself. But in any event, being up all night is something that, like fasting, goes very much against the grain of, of the body. We know that fasting, which we will be discussing tonight as well, is, is one of the mediums, one of the uh, methods by which, uh, through the Ariz Sharuach HaKodesh, that we can remove much of the ill that uh, befalls mankind through the aspect of fasting. Now, we, uh, we have spoken on many occasions the importance of fasting, and that is because the natural instinct of the body is a desire to eat. And when we restrict the body, we have, in effect, been placing a tremendous energy infusion within the body's negative energy intelligence of the desire to receive for oneself alone, because it is only the body that actually provokes us into evil, because it has and it is the seat of the desire to receive for oneself alone. So in one fast, he, in essence is bringing about a restriction. And when you bring about a restriction on the body, you then permit, like the bulb, a flow of energy. What, does, what, does the, what happens in the bulb? The filament restricts the flow of electrical current. And by virtue of restriction, we know the rule that when you restrict the paradox of nature, that when you restrict, you get. So therefore, when you fast you also achieve a circuitry of energy. The body also must sleep. The body must sleep. It is not the soul that needs sleep. In fact, the only reason that people fall asleep is because the soul says, I need a little freedom, give me a few hours of respite. Because the, if an individual is, is uh, not conforming to the natural laws of the universe he is not, he is performing activity in a negative way the the soul the internal aspect of the individual is suffering and therefore it needs this little freedom but the body requires sleep and now what we're doing is going against the grain of the body by going against the natural tendency of the body because the soul does not need or require sleep so it's another demonstration of restricting the activity of the body. The body needs sleep. So when we're up all night, we are in effect performing a, a, uh, a, an activity of restriction. That's the connection. And therefore, because there's a restriction on the body, the soul, while it is within the body, is enjoying this freedom that it always seeks by another method and by a person simply falling asleep. All right? Therefore, on this night of Shibuot was the, uh, the, uh, the uh, finale of death in the world, and yet we know that the Erev Rav created the golden calf. And because of the golden calf, everything that was already accomplished on Mount Sinai did not become manifested and so we are still here suffering all the ills of, of individuality, individual suffering. 
What was that reason? Why did that happen? All right, we'll leave that question in abeyance because the subject that we're discussing tonight is something of a different nature, but it is completely tied in to understand not only what our problems are today, in other words, are our problems poverty, housing, and you you name it, as many sociologists and politicians uh, as there are and leaders of governments in this universe, so many ills are there, and yet nobody can say what is the one problem. And there is only one problem, and we will discuss that one problem tonight, and how individually one can achieve a separation from what is commonly accepted as the problems that all of us must go through.